Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I am joined, as always, by my partner. Hey, what's up? This is Len, a.k.a. The Bad Trouble. And on tonight's stop, we visit some old friends. Mm. As we check in once more with Calvin and all the cast of characters in Calvin's Barbershop in 2004's Barbershop 2 the sequel to Barbershop and the second part of the dare I say Barbershop trilogy but before we get our joints tightened up <laughs> get our lines you get, know, get lined up get lined up get lined up most definitely most definitely uh, we want to wish each and every one of you a hearty hello Hello, everybody out there watching us streaming live on Facebook as well as on YouTube via StreamYard. Shout out to Aaron Fry, George Kimona, Deborah Battle, and Summer Willow, who is also uh, all of them watching us live. Good tonight. evening. Good evening, folks. Good evening. Good to see you. I wish we could see them. Figuratively. I wish we could see their figures. To see. <laughs> see. George Kimona we're cuts gonna have, we're, we're gonna George have to, Kimona cuts a, a We're nice... gonna have to go to a workshop. <laughs> we're gonna have to go to a workshop. We gotta go to a DUI. Right, right, right. DUI right. We're gonna have to go through some training. <laughs> have you had those trainings at work where, where you gotta go through the training and then it's a quiz at the end of the module? Yes. And yeah. like they won't let you fast forward. No, exactly. Right. You're like, I know this. Like, no, no, you don't. I know. I, you know, you know. So you gonna we had to go through a training. Not at this job, you don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> We've got different people. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. But as always, we like to start things off going to our listener mail. We got an email from Belinda Silber Vince. Hey, Belinda. Asking, do you do documentaries? Oh. If you do, please add time to your list a wonderful doc about how prison affects family and how love conquers all yeah you keep threatening to crack the seal well documentaries i have a couple lined up for the um the road to 25 road to to 300 road to 300 i have a couple lined up for that um because we we i think we at the end of the day landed on if the documentary was released to theaters then technically is a movie oh and we should review it and and the films that i have chosen are ones that were released in in theaters okay now we can't just as a like a blanket rule say yes we're doing documentaries because that's a can of worms that we can't especially in the world in the in the days of streaming sure sure so so same rule as the movies is what you're saying right If, right if it was released in the theater okay if it released in the theaters. So I'm with it. There you go. So, time 
was was time released in the theater did yeah, that I come out i, I think I it's in know. that gray covid area because it came out i think last year that's the thing like there are in the days of covid right and this did come out in 2020 mm-hmm. uh time uh and it's supposed to be very good i haven't seen it but but i it, it got some very good press it did now it came out in 2020 directed by garrett bradley um, follows Sybil Fox Richardson fighting for the release of her husband, Rob, who is serving a 60-year prison sentence for engaging in an armed bank robbery. The film premiered at Sundance in 2020 and was released theatrically on October 9th oh. of 2020. Well, there you go. So there you go. All right. It is in our wheelhouse. All right. The shame of it is. Now, here's the thing. It was nominated for Best Documentary Feature in the Academy Awards. And I think that's fair because it was released to theaters. Okay. But you know what documentary was also nominated for Best Academy Feature? Not in 2020. Okay. But in the year it come, came out. The documentary was uh, America versus OJ. Oh. The, the ESPN oh documentary. Goodness. Which is phenomenal. Yes. It is absolutely phenomenal. Worthy of praise. Yes. But... It shouldn't be nominated for an Academy Award. It Why? wasn't released in theaters. Well, how was it nominated for an Academy Award if it wasn't released in theaters? That's the thing. I, I th- see now because let's be clear, it was absolutely good enough. It was. Now I'm actually conflating because I'm not because I know it was nominated, and I'm and now I'm saying it wasn't nominated for an Academy Award or for an Emmy. Wait a minute. Oh, Made in America. It was OJ Made, a, made gotcha. in America. Calamity Park, by the way, is the name of the documentary I was trying to think of the name of before we start broadcasting. But thank you for bringing in that non sequitur into the live portion of the show. I mean, we're talking about documentaries. We're okay. talking. Yeah, but it, it will have no context and on the show. per our conversation, I laid out breadcrumbs so people knew what I was talking about. I said oh, it was a documentary. It was relative to a conversation that we were having previously. I didn't just say calamity, calamity park. Okay. Um, it was OJ made in America. Yes. The 2016 American uh, documentary series that was on ES premiered on ESPN, part of their 30 for 30 series. And I was wrong. It was nominated for a primetime Emmy award for outstanding directing for a nonfiction program. Yes. No, no, no. I know I was right. It won the Academy award. Okay. For best documentary feature. In the 89th Academy Awards. Does it say, so was it released theatrically at some point? Which I don't understand because it was like a five night deal. How did it win oh an Academy god. Award? Oh my god! It, it, I'm I'm reading here. Okay. OJ Made in America premiered at Sundance in January okay. 2016, and was theatrically released in New York and Los Angeles in May of 2016. Why are you saying it like that? It it sounds like it was released in the films then. Yeah, but like you said, man, I can't believe that they released the whole thing theatrically. I mean, it was really good. Yeah, but it was like it was seven. Da- it was like five days. I, I I have to say, I probably would have come back all five days. I didn't need to see it on the big screen. But- yeah, it says the documentary had a theatrical run with two intermissions at the Cinema Village in New York City, and the uh, I'm probably gonna the Lionel Theater in Santa Monica, California from May 20th to through the 26th of 2016. That's crazy. I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess, but I, I don't know. I, it seems like it's 
that's not fair. Anyway, um, <laughs> they, it, they did just sort of bully their way into an Oscar. I know, right? I <laughs> they mean, did sort of bully their way. It doesn't seem fair to like, me. Like, they were like, somebody made a documentary about like a trailer park right. in Iowa, and then somebody else made a documentary about some starfish that were going extinct. And then they said, and then we have this. What year did I Am Not Your Negro come out? I Am Not Your Negro came out. I want. I want. I just want to check and see when, when that came out. Okay. That came out in 2016. That was also in 2016. That was theatrically released. It was not streaming. Oh, it was so, not so on this, television so in any way. Beat I am your Negro, then. Yes. Oh. See, that's the, and yeah. it's great. No, I get. I but get it's not saying. fair. Like I said, that you're right. You just sort of bullied your way into. Right. Yeah. They. It, you win the Emmy. I'm with you. Yeah. The Academy Awards? Yeah. That's not fair. You've really got to be in your bonnet about I've this. got a hornet's nest, a hornet's nest in my bonnet. If you will, a hornet's nest. Hey, I got stung by a bee last week. Really? I did. You know, it was like in the grass and it stung me in the ankle. B, there was a hornet's nest actually hanging from a tree in my neighborhood. I have no sympathy for you with your bee sting. You have no sympathy no. for because no. you th- because wh- where, you thought I deserved to get stung by bees. Where were you when you were stung by the bee? I actually walked. You know how when you're on the sidewalk mm-hmm. and and the sidewalk. See now, now you're about to feel bad because I was walking with Wendy and we was on we were wow. on the sidewalk and you know how sometimes the the bushes people don't cut back yeah. the bushes yeah and the bushes had were leaning we're over the sidewalk so I let her stay on the sidewalk and I walked over in the grass and it was in the grass okay now. Uh, now you feel bad, don't you? I don't feel bad, but you feel bad. You wish you hadn't said that. Like now that I have the story, but and you set yourself up because I could have made up any kind of story about the bee. I was saving orphans. <laughs> I was pulling a puppy from out of a fire. <laughs> I was <laughs> and I stepped over into the grass and was stung by bees. I was pushing a seal back right. into sea. Back into sea, exactly. <laughs> Nia Long had dropped her bag. And I went and picked it up and handed it to her. And then I got stung by the bee. So you set yourself up. Summer Willow says, take it back, Len. I'm not taking See? it back. See? I'm not taking See? it back. I'm not. Because I thought you got stung someplace else. And so maybe I should take it back. I apologize. Why, why are you being so, so I don't know. I'm in my feelings. You thought I was rolling around in some honey or something? Uh, what? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Bree Bree 517 says that she heard about Calamity Park, about that wild and dangerous amusement park. I've watched that documentary on HBO. Yes. An excellent documentary. It's an excellent documentary. And yo, that joint was a clusterfuck. Yeah. <laughs> Had you heard of it? No. Me either. But it, it sounds like when you watch it, it, it was it's like, like a, a North Jersey North thing. Jersey, yeah. like 80s, early 80s yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So, and definitely, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of brothers and sisters. There yeah. were not. There were not. And and I noticed that looking at the footage. Mm-hmm. And, and you do, you know, I think for a lot of us, our default is, oh, well, that's some white people nonsense. Yeah. Right. But it was fascinating. Right, right. Now, black people nonsense is have you been watching on YouTube or TikTok? No, oh, I'm probably going to say no to this. The Hood Olympics, specifically <laughs> the, the, milk the, crate the milk crate thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have, I have. I spent a Friday night. This most recent Friday night. Okay, 
laughing my brains off with people falling and hurting with, themselves with a couple of friends sitting here until way too late in the evening just watching people falling and hurting themselves <laughs> so stupid yeah so stupid I always say young people force you to become old because because it's like I know y'all have something better to do yeah but it wasn't just young people there was a lot of pop pops I know there was a lot of pop pops taking the L dog I know there was a whole lot of pop pops taking the L I know but I have seen them I just like I know it's a book somewhere that people can be reading (laughs) true right right. here we go Uh, we got an email from Deborah Battle Oh, hey, Deborah. <laughs> Still in the email phase of the show. Yes. Um, listening to some of your older reviews and wondering if there was a movie, uh, a movie review that you would like to have a do over. Do over is strong. Mm. Do over is strong. I will say that this happens to me all the time. I forget to say something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and on the ride home, I'll yell, you know, I meant to talk about that aspect of the film or this, that, and other. Right, right. The only thing that I, all, the only episode that I always go to where I think I would come close to a do-over is Beyond the Lights. Because in retrospect, I was still really, really angry at Nate Parker. Nate Parker. I was still really, like, like sort of in your feelings about yeah about nate parker i'm not gonna say in my feelings because that's not a phrase i think i'm comfortable using about myself with my own emotions but i was it, i was i was really angry at nate parker hmm and that informed some of my thoughts oh i see and i've circled back and watched it again watch the film again watch the film again right i i would seem to remember being able to detach myself from any feelings about Nate Parker and just really just being amazed at how much I seem to enjoy the film. Right. And I seem like I didn't. Right. right. Yeah, I seem like I didn't. Right. But that's mine. You? I mean, I wouldn't do over The Last Dragon. <laughs> um, even though I have come to recognize its cult status mm-hmm. for a lot mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. But I still contend my feelings for it. Maybe mm-hmm. they're just not as strong. Right. But there are there's there's um one movie that I would definitely do over. Oh, what? One review I would definitely do over. And that's Black Dynamite. And that's because oh. that's the review that you weren't here. We said we were going to do Black Dynamite. And we just, never, and never, we just haven't gotten to it yet. Right. So in my mind, Black Dynamite is just on the, oh, we might maybe road to 300. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe because because in fairness, I would want to do it with you, but I would want to give Daryl the opportunity to I was be the about guest. To say, on just it. bring him back because Daryl Charles sounds like Charles. we're programming. Right, he sat in for you. Right, right, right. Um, and then the other one, the other movie that I'm up to rewatching, okay, and doing a new review of is Big Words. <laughs> Because I recognize <laughs> that we reviewed that film very early in our run. And I think that I was still developing exactly how I wanted to approach sure. critiquing 
these movies. And you have a, a larger perspective. Which, right. Which we can say about all of them. All exactly. Of them, yes. Exactly. Your, your perspective changed. My your, your, your perspective, perspective changed. has totally changed on Harry Belafonte Look, over the course of these, of these many movies. My 10th grade English teacher said, you never see the same Shakespeare play twice because your perspective changes. Right. Every time you see it, you bring something new to it. So. Right. So I would be up for rewatching and reviewing big words. I have I've, I've had the germ of a thought about a remix review, which is basically that. Like like if you ever um take what, another stab at or take another stab or um I don't know if my daughter is listening. If she is listening, hope she can text me real quick in real time. There is a cooking show where now 10 years later mm-hmm. the dude has come back and he's almost doing a director's commentary to the old episodes really oh what oh i want to see what show is that it is um oh what is is the, it on bravo or something i, I don't know camille dvrs it so sometimes we'll, we watch it but but it's wow, like camille watches it oh you know camille oh, cause she's a, right because like she's a little, little shape yeah chef right what is the name of that show? It's like the the white guy. He's a scientist, mm-hmm. and he um, but he became like a cooking guy. Good eats, good eats. Okay, okay. Good eats, and okay. now there's a show called Good Eats Reloaded. Mm-hmm. So it's it, most of them. They're like ten years. It's ten years later, and he'll play the the original episode, but then he breaks in. And says, you know, at this time, something, 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 this kind of stove, you know, I used to make it this way, but since then I've learned to do this, that, and other. And he says, okay, back to the episode. Oh, wow. And I would love to do, you know, with, with our immense free time, since we're both gentlemen of leisure, (laughs) that we just sit around in the garden, looking at the splendor of nature. I would be down for that. In the midst of our free time, maybe we can do that. As you know well. what? We should remix Big Words. Big Words is about hip hop. We can re we can remix Big Words. So so like we would play the episode and then like like cut in yeah every now and then in the episode and say you know this that and the other yeah yeah but we should yes we should we should do that we should absolutely do that right so thank you Deborah thank you Deborah thank you like that i like that mm-hmm. and thanks you saw this on the facebook group i i didn't but thanks to whomever pointed out that they thought it would be a good idea for us to start putting timestamps mm-hmm. in our um on the, our show description which in fairness has come up it's come up a, a couple, couple of times. times more than a couple, yeah, a couple of, times. of times so you know so putting timestamps in the show notes as to exactly when the review begins right and i think that it's actually a very good suggestion um as we are nearing 300 episodes and i have just recently completed the the um transition of all of our episodes onto our new um website mm-hmm. i can tell you right now we're not going to go back and put timestamps in bulk of them however we are committed to going back well, first of all, starting with tonight, starting with our show tonight on Barbershop 2, we are going to put a timestamp in the show notes exactly when the review begins. Mm-hmm. And um, through the assistance of my good partner, Vincent, we have committed that we will go back through June of this year. 
So right. Summer 2021 and put timestamps in those episodes right um at, at least and then and then we'll you know work on, on trying to do the big ones you know we'll yeah do, maybe some of the big do like ones. the tyler perry episodes the the tyler perry's driving miss daisy driving that's miss a big daisy, popular one last dragon you know you know do people seem to like that daughters of the dust that was a good one yeah, yeah so. so and i'll leave that to you okay I'll all leave right that to you so all right you'll so there you go all right the ones there you right? go there you go Congratulations to Nia DaCosta, first black woman to have a number one film in the theaters. Yes. Candyman. Yes. Yes. Have you seen Candyman? I have not. You, you know, I ain't going to no theaters in 2021. You're, you're, you're still not going to the theaters. I'm not going inside a theater in 2000. It's, I don't plan on it. It's funny. Our, my friend Monica was saying she is navigating the theaters by utilizing the um the ticket app. Mm-hmm. Where you know you pick your seats, yeah, and she says she's been looking at showings mm-hmm. for showings where nobody is there, basically like two or three people are in the whole theater, and she's like, okay, well I'll go to this showing, right? And I haven't thought about that that much. That's what a lot of people have been doing, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm not really planning. One. I know someone who saw Candyman enjoyed it. Uh, in fact, uh, my friend. Uh, Kennedy Storm Tribble from the Black Tribbles. She saw it. She enjoyed Interesting. it. Interesting. Um, and she is just like you. She is very like very skittish about going to the movie right. theaters. But she went to an afternoon showing and there was like about 10, 20 people in there. Yeah. And, and all very, yeah. you know, distance from one another. And, and if I'm gonna do it, I feel like something like because you know, in my heart, I don't even really want to watch it because it's mm. gonna be scary. But I feel like you should do it in the theater. Like yeah. just go ahead and yeah, give a yeah. be real scared. Exactly, uh, and I would do it even if it was also streaming. I don't think it's oh also oh streaming. right right. It's not streaming yet. Of course, yeah. it, it it might. You saw the um they're they're streaming the Aretha Franklin film early. I did see that. So unfortunately, um, I think because it wasn't doing that well. I know. So I don't want it to happen to Candyman. Me neither. Um, but but I think Candyman. You know, by virtue of it being a horror film, right? They. They wanted to at least keep if it can keep enough momentum through Halloween, through Halloween, yeah. or at least to get into October. Yeah, then it, it should be good. Very happy for her, though. I'm very, very happy, happy. For, I'm very and for happy. the whole cast. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of our favorites in there: Yaya, Mateen, um, Abdul Mateen. Yeah, Abdul Mateen, Tiana Paris. Yes, Tiana Paris. I'm just gonna live here for on Paris for a minute. Amen. Um. I do want to see it in the theaters. Here's my here's my thing. I'm not super skittish about going to theaters. As long as I'm distance, I'm fine. Okay. Right? However, I can't... I, I just don't like going to the movies by myself. Okay. Right? So, I'm trying to find someone to go to the movies with me. But, a few of my friends... They don't like horror movies, right? You so, like you've actually got a couple of layers, but so that's my dilemma. So I've got to find a friend that will go to see. You don't like going to the movies by yourself? I that's strange. You seem like a no, a dude that could get into that. No, no, no. I have gone to the movies two times by myself. One time I went, the tickets were bought, and the person got caught up in like an emergency mm-hmm. and couldn't go. So I was like, all right, well I'm just going to go, and I didn't even really enjoy the mm-hmm. movie but it was whatever but the only other time i went to the movies was me trying to tell myself 
I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to be one of those guys. Saturday afternoons. I'm going to go to the movies. I'm going to be a go to the movie by myself guy. Right. Yeah. And this was a long time ago mm-hmm. because the movie was Cobra. Oh. <laughs> or Sly Stallone. <laughs> well, you pulled that one out. I don't think I ever would have guessed you went to see Cobra with Sly Stallone. Dude, I was I was single. I was like, I'm gonna go to movies. Go go to movies. You never know. Let's go see Cobra. Let's go see Cobra with Sly Stallone. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's wearing glasses. He's, he's wearing, wearing sunglasses. Shades. Right, he's wearing sunglasses. He's got Brigitte Nielsen on right. the back of his motorcycle. Oh, I forgot Brigitte Nielsen was in Cobra. I'm like, I just remember he had one of sunglasses. <laughs> you know. Sylvester Stallone, as you've never seen him, yeah, yeah. with sunglasses. I think his name was like John Cobra. John, right, right. Did he have a beard? Did he have? Got, he he got, had like the little the stubble, the stubble yeah, beard the stubble. and the sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, leather. he was trying to stretch out. You know, you know, he was, he was trying to unrambo. He said Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> okay, so you went to see Cobra by yourself. I went to see Cobra by myself. You know, got some pretzel bites, sat in the middle of the theater. I think this was actually even before pretzel. They bites. hadn't invented pretzel they bites yet. <laughs> You had like a baby roof. I had no. I had popcorn. I had popcorn and I think cracker jacks. (laughs) No, I had popcorn, probably a soda, um, because I was drinking soda then. It's like Mr. Pib. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't Mr. Pib. (laughs) Shut up. So, but I do remember. I don't remember exactly the scene. But something happened on the screen, and I looked to the side, and I was like, "Oh, I can't do this again." There's no, there was no. There was no First like, of all, there was some action unfolding in Cobra, and I, starring I, I, Sylvester Stallone. I wanted to comment, and you on wanted it. to comment on the action. Now, it didn't help that there was maybe fifteen people in the theater. <laughs> he doesn't talk about Cobra much. No, Sylvester Stallone doesn't talk about. Cobra. You know what I found out this weekend? Tommy Guns mm-hmm. in Rocky Five, yeah, was a real boxer. You never knew that. I thought he was a made because it was a made up Don. Um, oh my God, it was a made up boxing promoter. Don, not Don Cornelius. What's Don King? It was a made up Don King. I'll sue you. So I thought the boxer dude was made up too. God, you you really just don't like sports and. <laughs> And no, this is my defense. Remember, they didn't actually box because they fought. They fought in the street. They fought at. This, this ain't no boxing ring. Right, right, right. This ain't no boxing ring. And then they was fighting in the backyard, and like Rocky hit him with a trash can. So I just thought he was a made up. Oh, no dog. Movie. No dog. Boxer. No dog. <laughs> no dog. He was a. He was Tommy Morrison was like the the great white hope for I, a minute. Look, there, I man. got the whole rundown about oh, him. They this gave you the rundown. Right. I thought he was a made up boxer. Did you see him get knocked out? I mean, he slow down. I wasn't looking at no video. No, footage, you y'all. need to see. He gets knocked the hell. Out. I mean, Sylvester Stallone hit him with a trash can in the backyard of his house in South in, his, in South Philly. This this ain't no boxing match. This ain't no boxing match. Because Rocky was from the streets. Mm. Mm. No, man. No, 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 no. He got knocked out. Mm-hmm. 
First of all, I mean, these names are going to mean nothing to you because uh, you don't follow boxing. Hey, in that case, you should probably make up some more interesting ones. <laughs> Razor Ruddick. There's okay. a name. There's a name. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Got, he got stretched by Razor Ruddick. And okay. then Lennox Lewis pummeled him for six rounds before putting him out of his misery. Okay. Yes, yeah. And they, they tried to blow this man up like like no tomorrow, man. And like, no, he was a bum. And I think I think he even got caught like on steroids or something like that, man. He was I know Rocky hit him with a trash can. Is there no boxing match? I was like, ooh, this is very exciting. Rocky Fob. And then at the end his son took him into the museum. He all these years I've been running up these steps. I, I never actually went I don't in. believe you didn't know that he was I mean, why would I have known that? Like, why would I have known that? Humor me here. Okay. You do know that the stars of Space Jam and Space Jam A New Legacy are basketball players. Are actual yes! basketball. Okay. Dude, don't act like every other <laughs> single solitary thing in the Rocky mythos was fake. Clubber Lang. Um, how I just forget my Russian man's name. Oh, Vladi, um, not Vladi Divac. <laughs> his name? What's his name? Um, Go- Dolph Lundgren. No, that's the name of the actor. Oh, well, that's what I wanted you. No, you no, no. I, I mean, like you... the character he played. Oh, I forgot. You know, Apollo Creed. Like these were all fake people. Yeah. And well, in the case of Apollo Creed and the Don King character, they were facsimiles mm-hmm. or caricatures of Drago. Drago. Like Drago. Drago didn't actually exist. I will break you. Right. If he dies, he dies. Like these weren't like no one was an actual person in Rocky. Like I don't know how suddenly in the fifth Rocky they bring a real dude in and I'm the one that's crazy for not knowing that this one dude in five movies of fake dudes <laughs> this is the one real dude. Oh well, yeah, he was he was a real deal. He's a real deal. I know Rocky him with a trash can. <laughs> yes. This ain't, ain't no boxing ring. Yeah, he didn't belong in a box. It was very exciting. They came to Rocky's back door and the Don King guy said, We demand to fight, this, that, and the other. And Rocky was like, I know you didn't just come to my house. And then he beat his ass. He did. He did. Because the Don King guy said, Oh, we should save it for the boxing ring. And he's like, uh uh-uh. uh. No uh uh. We're gonna do this right here. Why were we talking about that? <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> All eyes point to you, bro. You don't want to brought that up. I pray up them. Tommy guns. Stupid movie. Rocky Five. I don't mind. After Rocky Two, I stopped. Oh, you're crazy. I mean, I watched Rocky. I mean, I watched you're them. Crazy. I watched Rocky Three, of course. Rocky Three and Four are legitimately great '80s films. They're not great. They are great. They're not great. 80s films. I'll give you maybe Rocky 3. I'll give you Rocky. No, I'll give you legitimately Rocky 3. Rocky 4. Which so, is, so Drago won great. The, Rocky fighting the Russians for us as Americans was great. The movie is not great. The You're movie bugging. is three or four montages. It's not a good You're movie. You're insane. It's You're not an a insane movie. person. Rocky 4 is fantastic. And Rocky 5 is quite entertaining. You know. We should probably talk about the movie. <laughs> Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? And we'll timestamp it. Yeah, we'll timestamp. So, so someone wants to go right to the review. See, see how that works. <laughs> the review doesn't start till an hour fifteen. <laughs> All right.
the show's only hour 20 um anyway let's get into our review of barbershop 2 back in business we'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages Calvin's Barbershop has been the place where you can say anything. There's something wrong with R. Kelly, man. Y'all see the tape? I think it was set up. Oh, yeah, you set up now. He set up the camera. <laughs> and everyone knows your business. Oh, oh, man. Now, you know that should have been your baby, right? I know, huh? After Calvin and I stopped dating, he opted for the small instead of the super size. <laughs> this February... Calvin, come look. Man, what the hell is nappy cuts? Last week, I had me a milk bath. You'll be out of business in six months. Now to save the neighborhood. We're about to get proactive rather than reactive. Y'all hear what the man say? And this an activator talk. They'll have to fight back. If they want to send us back in, it's on and cracking. Just a little off the top, please. Oh, oh yeah, it's cracking up in here. MGM Pictures presents. This is burnt. I'm not gonna eat it. You know what? You show away. What kind of man treat a little girl that way? I wouldn't expect you to know what a man is. But I'm going to give you a hint. It's one of them things you can't keep. <laughs> what are you talking about? Look at that front. Do what you want to do. What you been doing is sweeping up the shop with it? Ice Cube. A real barber shop. Got real people. And most of all, real barbers. Cedric the Entertainer. We in a crisis right here. And you can double my rent. Eddie, you don't even pay no rent. Well, in that case, triple it then. Sean Patrick Thomas. You being nice to me? I don't know this woman. Eve. Would you know me if I shoved my foot up yet? And a special appearance by Queen Latifah. All done. Do I look like Beyonce? Just like her. Say that, give me some. For sure, yeah. Shop. Back in business. Hey, man. You know, one day this whole shop's all gonna be yours. <laughs> Barbershop 2. Back in Business, this sequel to the 2002 film returns to the Chicago barbershop owned by Calvin Palmer. His employees, Isaac, Terry, Ricky, Dinka, and Kennard have their own personal and workplace problems, and a new barbershop called Nappy Cuts has moved in across the street. As Calvin tries to change the character of his business... Nappy cuts and gentrification become a threat to the surrounding community. Barbershop 2, directed by Kevin Rodney Sullivan, Mm -hmm. with a script written by Don Scott, based on the characters created by Mark Brown, returning the cast of Ice Cube, Cedric the Entertainer, Sean Patrick Thomas, Eve, Troy Garrity, Michael Ely, and Leonard Earl Howes, as well as new additions to the barbershop world, including Harry Lennox and Queen Latifah, was the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn, what say you of Barbershop 2? I was really looking forward to um, watching this film for two reasons. One, because I wanted to close out our summer with a fun film. 
Mm-hmm. Just a fun, just a fun time sitting around, just laughing at a silly comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, because I had honestly, and now having rewatched it, am certain I hadn't watched Barbershop too. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoyed the first Barbershop, and I maybe caught. I think I maybe caught parts of Barbershop too over the years because I seem to remember the whole like um scene that takes place at a cookout mm-hmm. i seem to remember seeing yeah. that part again before but not much else from the movie so i was really looking forward to returning to this especially in light of us revisiting barbershop as we did earlier this month and the lighting on how much of a, a fun film that was mm-hmm. you know not anything that takes itself too seriously but just a fun time at the movies right um so I was really looking forward to Barbershop 2. And for the most part, I was rewarded. Mm-hmm. For the most part, this is a good film. It re- it re- um, returns a lot of the cast from the original film, if not a- almost all of them, except, of course, Keith David's character is away. Right. Um, and some characters have less to do mm-hmm. in this movie because of some new additions. Um they smartly focus most of the action in and around the barbershop in this film. So you get more of more scenes in the barbershop, more of the camaraderie, no cutaways to, you know, the Anthony Anderson subplot of the first one. Right. Uh, now any cutaways are few and far between. And when they, do you know it's usually by virtue of the character calvin ice cube taking us to that other scene right as opposed to you know somebody else it being like something that doesn't have anything to do with what what we're here for which is our barbers right right so that's smart um this is a film set in 2004 that wears this 2004 on its sleeve because it's the the be beginning or we're right in the 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 the, the if not the beginning the uh, right nearing the 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 crux of gentrification in black neighborhoods and here on the south side of chicago right um with the whole nappy cut venture coming in a lot of the the smaller businesses in and around the barbershop selling out their um selling their stores, you know, taking a quick quick money and retiring people who have been there for years. We're right. introduced to more of the neighborhood. We return to like uh we don't really return to the bodega down the street, but we see the the yeah, owner yeah. of of the bodega, but we do see that there is kind of like a um a uh, uh, uh kind of like a a a daycare that is in the area as well that run by Miss Emma mm-hmm. that has been there forever she even you know ice cube was there as a kid and now his son um who was born in the in the first movie attends there so you see you see the daycare, daycare. And, it, and it's part of the community yes and this is all about trying to build out the build out the community right and all of that is pretty good you got harry lennox twirling his mustache is only evil harry lennox can do yeah i mean it like if they ever make the snidely whiplash the movie, <laughs> Harry Lennox has right. it sewn up, right? Um, because he is he's 
He's no joke. He, yes. He, he, and, and he's actually, it's fun to see him there. The, the, the shame of it is he's just not in the movie enough. Right. Right. Because I think most of the twirling of the, the mustache is given to the alderman character, Lalo Brown, played by Robert Wiz- uh, Robert Wisdom. Yeah. Uh, how about of, that? Of the wire fame. Yeah. Um, almost unrecognizable um, if, if you know him from the wire. Almost unrecognizable. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you're quickly reminded. Yeah. Um, in the barbershop. Uh, but. And he's having fun. He's mm-hmm. having he's having fun, and I enjoyed watching him in the movie as well. Um, but I think this is a film that ultimately, while I like it, I want to like it so much more. And I mm-hmm. think the the problem is that the movie's trying to do a little bit too much, mm. uh, especially in trying to build out the Cedric the Entertainer's character right. Eddie by giving us his backstory basically his origin story right of how he came to be a part of the barbershop as well as a part of the community right and i'm not saying that's not a bad instinct to try and fill in the gaps Mm -hmm. of his of his backstory they're not gaps that any of us were asking for Mm -hmm. um but it's not a bad idea to do it i just think there is a way to do it and make it germane to the ongoing plot. Sure. And I think they fail here. Sure. And going to the flashbacks, you see how he actually came to be a part of the barbershop, basically um, trying to steal meat so that he could barbecue for his his uh, family. Right. And then runs into the barbershop back in 1966. I believe yeah, yeah, uh, July 4th of 1967 runs into the barbershop and Calvin's father like hides him um, from the cops for him you know because he just you know hey you know I'm cut you a break bro and he appreciates it and then like you know I can give you like a real life and, like boom he's got a life there at, at the barbershop and you see him kind of like try and find his way in the barbershop you see him uh, one time rolling with the Black Panthers, but that seems yes. seems to go a little left. Um, you see there the, the how the streets are about to go erupt at the the uh, assassination of Martin Luther King, um, but it is Eddie who actually keeps the the streets from attacking the barbershop right. to which Calvin's father is Calvin Senior is forever grateful and thus. Eddie will always have a seat there and doesn't have to pay rent right. for the seat. All that's kind of cool. All that could have been ha- handled in about two or three flashbacks. Sure. You flesh out his sure. flesh out his story, it's done. But there's about three or four additional flashbacks <laughs> where we learn that Eddie is like, you know, thinks he's a member of the like he's got his own kind of like wannabe four tops. Yeah. That he's like trying to put together. He's got um he's got a you know I'm not mad at him for having a relationship or getting a, having some type of a relationship with a lady Loretta who he sees on a passing train played by Garcelle Bouvet Nylon um a beautiful woman I've always thought hey, so if you gonna hop a train <laughs> I would hop the train for her yeah. um and I point out her beauty. Primarily because outside of being a beautiful woman, she does nothing in the film. And I right. think she maybe says 
two lines in the film right late in the film yes other than that she is just this figment of this this object of desire for him who who he does get we we learn right but really a need to, right it doesn't it doesn't it, really it add to the movie to in, the in, movie in the action and the, and it doesn't it, it really doesn't add anything to sure his character even it doesn't no it doesn't it doesn't it, it inform does his character it, does it doesn't not. inform his character right. in the future in right. any way um so it, it so that ultimately becomes a distraction and 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 uh, again and maybe having too many toys to play with when we do have those flashbacks sometimes the flashbacks are in color sometimes the flashbacks are in black and white yeah sometimes the flashbacks are like there's like just a spot color that's highlighted yeah. like the reds are highlighted it doesn't know what it wants to do as far as what story does it's trying to tell visually mm-hmm. so then i'm like really at a loss it's it's like somebody's got a bunch of toys and they're playing with it and they're having fun but they but they're just not putting it together to make a cohesive story right um and then i also think in trying to give everyone at least some type of moment in the film mm-hmm. um i think it bends over backwards where it didn't need to I mean, okay. because you've got Queen Latifah, as you pointed out, who right. is highlighted as a special appearance by Queen Latifah. So, right. So that means that Queen Latifah is going to be coming in and out of this film, mm-hmm. which means that we also have to cut to the beauty shop next door sure. for the banter of the women in the beauty shop. Yeah. Why? I don't know. It doesn't inform anything to the movie right, at all right. either. And Queen Latifah certainly has a couple of scenes with uh, Calvin, mm-hmm. Ice Cube's character, where you learn that they had a past relationship. Right. Um, and then she has a very memorable scene with Eddie right. at a cookout. To me, that's enough to qualify special appearance by Queen Latifah. Absolutely. You don't need to go to the beauty shop. Right, well, you you've okay, established you've established the beauty yeah. shop, which is fine, but you don't need. I mean, they go back to the beauty shop for cutaway about two or three times. Yeah, and I maybe once. I don't think you needed to go go there three times. If what you're doing is to set up the inevitable, you know, um, spin off, which is beauty mm-hmm. shop. Yeah, I think two, well, maybe one time, is enough. Right, you know, and then. If people want more, they'll beg you for more unless you've got beauty shop. Right. So I think that this is trying to set up a whole bunch of stuff. And I liked it. I just really liked, wanted to like it more. Yeah. Well, it's a sequel. Mm-hmm. It's a sequel. And, and unfortunately, with the sequel, it's a zero sum game. Right. Either it's better than the first one or it's not as good as the first one. Right. And almost by definition, if a film is successful enough to garner a sequel, Mm -hmm. the sequel has a high bar to get it over. True. Because it's the sequel to a film that was successful enough that they greenlit a sequel. Right. And this is not as good as Barbershop. No. I still like it. Yes, I, I I still like it. I think 
I will start with with in many ways I thought was the greatest misstep. Bless you. Thank you. And then go for it. I, okay. I think I think this is a case where the filmmakers studied what worked mm-hmm. well in barbershop. Paid attention to the critique, the criticism around barbershop. And you get get the sense that that shaped how they did barbershop too. Okay. Very beginning, I think everyone agreed that Eddie was the breakout character mm-hmm. from Barbershop. So the instinct is the people want more Eddie. Double down on Eddie. I think the misstep occurs. I always think of 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 Aug- the, the the playwright August Wilson, mm-hmm. and someone said one one of the criticisms that August Wilson, you, you know, you think about fences, the piano lesson. Um, seven guitars, so on and so forth. People say that August Wilson's plays are oftentimes black people and usually black men sitting around telling stories to each other. Mm-hmm. And August Wilson said, well, that's the way black people communicate. Right. We sit and we tell stories to one another. And I think it would have been much more effective if those actual flashbacks didn't occur and Eddie just talked Talk. about them. Yeah. And even with the with the 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 story about the riots, mm-hmm. I thought it would, that would have been a great opportunity for for you know someone like uh, Checker Ed to to Checker Fred. I mean Checker Fred to pipe up and say, you know why your daddy gave him a free seat, right? Mm-hmm. And then get him into it, and you maintain that oral history that was so strong in the first one. Again, my absolute favorite scene in the first film. Is Eddie teaching the younger barbers how to use a straight razor? Yeah. But he's talking to them. But they use flashbacks. And as far as flashbacks go, I, I wish they would have handled them differently. But Cedric the Entertainer, I think, is is very personable. Yes. Uh he he looked like he looks like he's always having a good time. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a misstep, but it certainly wasn't a deal breaker for right. me. Right. You build out the community. Barbershop is very much part of the community, so now we're going to build it out. So, mm-hmm. so now we have the alderman that comes in and everything with the alderman, and he's like the alder alderman Davis out of Good Times, like he's the sketchy alderman. That's the that's who I was trying to think of. Yes, <laughs> regentrification is certainly a going concern in these urban spaces, and the feature of regentrification where these 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 franchises come in mm-hmm. and close down everything, whether we're talking about coffee shops or restaurants or this. And there, I don't know if, if you remember, there was a minute where they did try to do this with barbershops. That's true. And yeah. it failed miserably for the reason it failed. Like a barbershop is not something that you set up like McDonald's. Yeah. So, I, you know, I understand that again, the two additions to the cast, Harry Lennox, um, Queen Latifah, and I'll get to Queen Latifah in a second. These are good actors, mm-hmm. so it's it's you know it's solid. It's it's just a sequel to a film that was better. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot of conversation around the lack of female voices in Barbershop. As much as we appreciated the spaces that they found. 
there still weren't a lot of female voices. No, it's not. To their credit, I think the filmmakers, everyone involved in Barbershop, listened. Mm-hmm. So they said, how can we get more female voices into Barbershop? I know. Let's go into a beauty salon. Right. And they've already established in the first one that there was a beauty shop next door. Mm-hmm. Like you, I could have done without it, mainly because I'm I'm in Barbershop to visit old friends. Like, I want to see what's happened in the two years that have passed. So while I like Queen Latifah, I actually like the little barbershop, I mean, the little beauty salon cast Mm -hmm. and and the the conversation and what I thought was innocuous and okay. Mm -hmm. I just would rather have been in the barbershop. Yeah. And they also, to be fair, they steal moments where they could have really, truly fleshed out the lead woman of barbershop, Eve. Eve, right, and and they, but still, they kind of build out a little bit the character. We learn a little bit more about Dinka. We learn, you know, uh, Sean Patrick Thomas's character. Um, I just forgot oh, his uh, his name. I'm looking right at him. Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy is left, and he's pursuing his political career. Ricky is 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 more than just pretty odd thug. Like he, you, you see, there's a little depth in there. I have to say. The sexual tension between Ricky and Eve's character, which bled off the screen in the first film, mm-hmm. I thought they showed admirable restraint. Yes, they did. Before actually going through with it. It's a great reversal that now Isaac is the man. Mm-hmm. Running joke in the first film is that the white barber can't possibly be a good barber now they have this and now he's the man and now, right. appropriately enough Jimmy who gave him his shot can't get in his chair. Got to use Booksy. So, <laughs> don't get me started. You're trying to trigger me. Booksy is the app that barbers are using to make appointments, and my barber has started using Booksy, and I hate it. Going, this man, uh, you know, almost 10 years. Yo, I see you in two weeks. Like, I don't know why, yo, I see you in two weeks at this time isn't an appointment. Anyway, <laughs> it's say 11 o'clock on your little computer there. Right. That means you get out the seat. Right. right. And I felt like I, I knew you was in that shot. I thought you were in that scene. <laughs> oh, my. Don't even get. Oh, all right. Anyway, I understand the instincts. I also. I admired how deep they went into the well for the first film. Like, like even bringing back Tom, Tom um, Wright, Tom Wright as the detective for a scene, the brother who, who, um, Oh, the, the who Calvin man. gave the free haircut. Oh, yes. Is, yes. is, is, is in this film still getting haircuts. Um, I just forgot the, the, the comedian's name. He's in, he's, he's in blackish. Oh, um, Oh, uh, oh, yes, because he's there. Um, Oh, man. Dion Cole. Dion Cole. Dion Cole is still around. We already talked about Checker Fred. Mm -hmm. You have a callback to the apple juice. You have all these calls. Like, it's a film that really cares Mm -hmm. about its connection to Barbershop. But ultimately, like you said, as much as I liked it, and I did, I really liked Barbershop, too. I don't like it as much. Yeah, see, and like I hear you on elevating or having more women represented. 
it's a female voice mm-hmm. more represented in the film. But like I said, I think that the opportunity was there for for to showcase Eve. Then, right? Um, I also think, and I don't know, maybe this speaks something of the actress. There was an opportunity to do something with Jasmine Lewis as uh, Calvin's wife, right? But see, then you have to leave the barbershop. Like Eve really is the the point person for what you're talking about. Yeah, but it, but but dude, even if she, no, certainly I think more of it could have been done with Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, because honestly, honestly, them talking about how she had kind of like turned this new leaf outside of like a couple of lines. I know she really, she really she didn't. Just, really didn't. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. I mean, if you want to count the yoga type slash tai chi kung fu right. things she did on the beach, other than that, she. Really is pretty much she looked the same to, I know. The same chick to me um i remember enjoying the scenes that ice cube had with his wife in the first one mm-hmm. and then seeing that they brought back the same actress mm-hmm. i would have liked to see right. her have more to do right and and i like the couple of scenes they had together right yeah I, just, I think you could have yeah. done some more with her like why couldn't she when he actually goes down to make his big speech at the end why couldn't she, you know she go there with him sure he was gonna go sure you know, because they were a team you know they, they absolutely um so i i don't know that's it's a it's a nitpick mm-hmm. you know ultimately like you said it, it's a it was a sequel we like it well enough there are definitely um moments in here where i crack the hell up oh yeah i i laugh i laugh i do like cedric the entertainer um, and when he is just present day Eddie, yes, he is phenomenal. Especially when he was talking about, I can't talk about Luther Vandross. Why yes. can't I talk about Luther Vandross? Yes, yes. Which, which is, you can't talk about Luther Vandross. He is one of those people that you just, you know, you can't talk about. Oh yeah. Um, I did think it was kind of um, a little eerie. Them making. The R. Kelly jokes. Look, that they did. I have said for the past couple of years, R. Kelly is the great crime of Gen X mm. because there was not one, like there was not one moment that all of us didn't know exactly what R. Kelly was doing. Yeah, that's true. From the moment he was a shadowy figure in the background on the cover of 15 year old Aaliyah's album age ain't nothing but a number we all knew exactly what r kelly was doing and we thought it was funny we made jokes about him peeing on a teenage girl he got married to Aaliyah. he oh and we all stepped in the name of love and and when ifc did the trapped in the closet and showed all of the trapped in the closet the videos. videos i dvr'd it and wa- i would watch it every year because it cracked me up and and yes so in 2004 they were in the barbershop making jokes about the r kelly it, it doesn't even feel right to call it a sex tape because that girl was underage. You know, I'm proud to say I never watched any of those in the closet videos. They are quite entertaining. I've not seen anyone well ever. Yeah. No. Deborah Battle points out that this was the first movie. Mm hmm. Of a very young Kiki, Kiki Palmer. Palmer. Kiki Palmer. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And had a speaking role, too. I know. 
I know, up against uh, Cedric the Entertainer, right. going toe-to-toe. It's like her and uh, Megan Good was in, was that Friday or, or was that Friday that Megan Good went to, remember Megan Good went to, um, bought ice cream. Friday. From Pinky. That's right, that's right. And she actually says, I hate him. Yeah. So yeah, that that's sure right. was. That that's sure right. was. Um, and Down to Mars Girl on YouTube wants to know what you think of Kenan Thompson. I don't know why, but I'm just answering the question. I just unnecessary, but I think my generalized feeling about the whole movie is that Barbershop has so much goodwill from mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. that I just let that slide. Like like Kenan, you know, he's it's not it's Kenan Thompson. Yeah, I I I wanna like Kenan Thompson more. Like I think he's good i i've seen him in a bunch of things and he's okay mm-hmm. but i feel like i should like him more even Absolutely. when i see him on snl i think a lot of it might be an age thing i guess but see like i think a lot of people grew up with keenan well, thompson yeah, they were, and Keen, now he's uh was what was the name of the show i mean he was on um all that and then it was keenan and kel for that years and kel. yeah and then, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, welcome to Good Burger. Good Burger. Good Burger. Take your order. Which I guess we should do Good Burger at some point. At one point, we will. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad at it. It's arguably an important film. But, yes, it is. So. I, but I, yeah, you I, know, I, 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 I didn't mind. <laughs> That's my answer for everything in this film that otherwise I would have hated in another film. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind. Let me ask you. Okay. Suppose uh, you've got your barber. Yes. But suppose the swanky nappy cuts opens up. No. Are you going to at least check it out? No. You're not even going to check it out. It's not what you go to the barber for. Okay. No. Yeah. Actually, I actually hated that period when people were trying to poach Mm -hmm. barbering. Mm -hmm. Like there was a period where like other communities were trying to come in and gentrification. Like there was that moment where people were trying to step into that barber space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I am proud to say that black men resisted it. Yes. But no, not at all. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. You? No. I told you. Well, I mean, one, I haven't gone to the barber. Right, but in theory. But in theory, no. Because that's the type of place where the barber I hate works. The barber I hate right. is the barber that is dressed better than me. Oh, here you go with like that. my barber should not be dressed better than me because now you don't want to get your clothes dirty. Look, it's about the culture. The, the that one it, there was a little detail at the end when Eddie is holding court and he's about to go into the Luther bit mm-hmm. and they cut to the door. Mm-hmm. And a little boy comes in. Yeah. So the little boy hears it. Yeah. But that's what it's all about. You know, I said when we talked about barbershop, like it's all like 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 this is a, a continuation of this culture. Like 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 I, no no, I'm going to a barbershop barbershop. I, I was ready to let this go, but you brought it up. So that moment yeah. when that kid does come in, mm-hmm. I think that's what they're going for. What yes. you just said. Yes. I don't think it lands. It's because it, cause it's not edited it, it, well. And it's not organic. They yeah. don't organically set it up. And at this point, they're very consciously trying to 
kill a sacred cow. Yeah. And they were trying to figure out what's the most sacred cow that I can kill, ironically, and not be too controversial. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in 2004, you'd like it's always something crazier you can say. Yes. But they didn't say it. Yeah. Because now it's 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 barbershop too, and now this is a an endeavor. Right. So yes, yes. So I agree with you. It didn't land. Okay. It it didn't land. I actually thought the most electric moment in the barbershop when the brother from the Nation of Islam sat down, and there was that quick back and forth Mm. about the Nation of. I mean, it's Chicago. Yeah, like it was that because he was talking back and forth about him and being in the Nation of Islam, and they were talking about religion, and there was that kind of moment of electricity. Mm-hmm. That you get in an actual barber shop, yeah. But then they had to pull up, right? Because again, now it's barber shop too. It's barber shop too. Like barber shop two is never going to make a joke about Rosa Parks, right? Like this is barber shop two, right? It's right. a whole lot of money on the table. But I like the the sentiment, like like I I, I like mm-hmm. the sentiment mm-hmm. of again, there 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 are these boys in the shop. And they're learning at the, you know, they're they're listening and they're learning the culture. Right. So, right. But the question, of course, or are you finished? Were you finished? I'm, I'm finished. Sorry. The question, of course, as always, would you recommend Barbershop to back in business? Yeah. I, I, like I said, I liked it enough. I think it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good time. I think it's not. It takes itself a little bit more serious than Barbershop. Yes. But not too much more seriously so um there's enough fun stuff in there there's like i said there's weird editing there's weird special effects going on in this movie for absolutely no reason <laughs> they to got some money. money nothing to the story got some more money um but that that besides it's a fun film and i think people you know will enjoy it absolutely absolutely yeah. if, if you love barbershop it's it's infectious I, I did the same thing this week that i did a couple of Weeks ago, after Barbershop, I almost watched this immediately after. And when this went off, I almost, if I had had time, mm-hmm. I probably would have watched Barbershop 3. Which I haven't seen Not yet. Because, because I don't think Barbershop 3 is as good as this. And even in the trailers, you can see that the wheels are a little wobbly. Mm-hmm. But... I love these characters. These characters are like old friends and, and it's, it's really great checking back in with them. And there's certainly a lot more good than I'm not even going to say bad. Just there's a lot more good than not as good as the good, Mm -hmm. but even the not as good as the good, whether we're talking about Keenan Thompson, whether we're talking about the flashbacks with Eddie, whether we're we're talking about the the various subplots with the uh with the characters. Absolutely, absolutely. If you love Barbershop, absolutely, I would recommend watching Barbershop too. And I know you love Barbershop, so so there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Check out Barbershop Two back in business. Um, it's streaming somewhere. Oh, please, you'll find it and you'll you enjoy find, it. Through a rock, you can find Barbershop Two. There you go. Before we get out of here, a couple of just a couple of messages, ladies and gentlemen. I invite you all to check out a uh, if you like our podcast, and we know that you do. Check out the King of Crenshaw, a four part podcast focusing on how the late Nipsey Hussle's life, death, and legacy deeply impacted the 
Sports World is presented by uh, ESPN's 30 for 30 and the Undefeated, and it is available everywhere that you find podcasts. And there is a new video game, Avengers War for Wakanda, just dropped, and we're not about giving out free advertisement here on the Michelle Mission. We are not. But... If you are a fan of video games, and if you are more to the point a fan of that game, I invite you to pay attention to the uh, a couple of the, the roles in that video game, and specifically the character of Ayo, A-Y-O, mm-hmm. who is uh, one of the Dora Milaje in, in training, and one of the elders of Wakanda, um, because... That character is voiced by a very good longtime friend of myself, Tamika Simpkins, who's doing okay. big things in the voiceover field out there in California. Very uh, nice, Tamika. Yeah. So she is actually a voice in Avenger, a couple of voices actually. Okay. In Marvel's Avengers War for Wakanda video game okay excellent so check excellent. that out congratulations yeah yeah so so much much props to tamika okay uh, i'm i am sincerely very very happy for her all go right see candy man if you are inclined to go to the theaters yeah and shout if out you're to in... nia da costa very happy for her yes please go see and if you're in the philadelphia area you know <laughs> shoot a little line i'm looking for someone to go to the movies with to see i want to go on saturday but saturday afternoon saturday afternoon because saturday afternoon just right because vince won't go no 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 vince no, won't go no, with no, me no. ladies and gentlemen only thing scarier than candy man is the delta variant well, that's true. I might even make it a double. I might even make it a double feature, Vince, because Candyman is yes. in theaters and Shang Chi drops this weekend. Does it drop this weekend? Yeah, mm. you're not going. No, anyway, no, no, no. <laughs> so look, shoot no. us a line. And if you don't want to shoot us a line about that, ladies and gentlemen, you can share all of your thoughts and concerns or anything about the Michelle Mission. Email us at mission at gmail dot com. That's m i c h e a u x m i w s i o n. The Michaud Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. Go to our website, MichaudMission.com, where you can hit swag to check out all of the cool designs we have available for your buying pleasure by way of our good friends at T Public. Like and follow the Michelle Mission on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you name it. You can find us at Michaud Mission, which is a proud member of the Podglomerate, curated podcast for your curated pleasure. Go to thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. All right. All right. Next week, Vince. Yes, sir. It's your turn. Yeah. I love I love this this these moments where they aren't theme months. Mm-hmm. And we just sort of pull in moves. Hey, we should. Hey, we should. And next week we are doing a film that I almost chose earlier this summer. Oh really? When we did New Jersey Drive, this mm-hmm. this is a film that is part of a a fairly small group of films that Spike Lee produced mm. as opposed to directed. So he, you know, got the financing, little some guidance, but and it kind of fell under his umbrella. And it is a film that I remembered liking a very great deal when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how well it has aged, especially as many of us have much more nuanced views 
on blackness mm. and what does and does not constitute being black if you will mm -hmm. um and this would be a film from 19 a year i don't know because it's not in front of me 1994 right 1994 with eric starring eric lasalle mm -hmm. i am talking about drop squad Drop Squad. So Ving Rames. Von D. Curtis Hall. Von D. Curtis Hall. Cassie Lemons. Cassie Lemons. Uh, and directed by David C. Johnson. And as you mentioned, produced by Spike Lee. Yeah. A film that I have not seen. You've never seen Drop Squad. Okay. Interesting. Nor have I heard of. Oh, you don't remember when people were saying that N-word needs to get Drop Squatted? No. That'll make sense next week if you've never seen that it. That must be a Baltimore. No, thing. it wasn't a Baltimore thing at all. They never said that in Philly. Oh, oh, I hope. Well, we'll talk. But I don't. I don't remember. If some people in the chat right now know exactly what I'm talking about, maybe they weren't saying they it weren't, to me. And they were right. Apparently, I didn't need to get dropped. Right. Well, hope, no hopefully not. To me. Hopefully not. But this will all make sense next week. Uh, Robert Monroe Jr. is is all down. He said that's a good movie. That's definitely a good movie. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, especially now that I know that you haven't seen it. Yeah. Well, so I'm looking forward to that. All right. So, yeah, next week, Drop Squad. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, on the Michelle Mission, Drop Squad from 1994 for all of you out there watching the films along with us. And we really like, uh, appreciate that. Absolutely. All of you. And, and, and it would be We're nice to hear from, from some of you. I think yeah. some of those people that, that watch it, they just watch it and then they listen to the review and they keep it moving. Right, right, right. But it would, it would be nice to hear from some of you who are watching the films along with us. It would be kind of dope. Of course, to check out your views on the films. All right. That's it for this evening. Until next week, he's Vincent. I'm Len. And in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. Bye.